hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And you're listening to episode 79 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com, weekly podcast. And joining me each and every week is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. How's it going? Good, buddy. We, all, we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech. And this is a little bit of a special edition, and we'll explain that right now. Now, if CES is the biggest thing since sliced bread in January, you're currently on the other side of the world bringing us news and information from probably the the second biggest consumer electronics show out there uh, in Berlin. That's right, yeah. I'm here for IFA, which is uh, a a yearly uh, consumer electronics show. Been running since 1924, this show. Uh, so they've seen a lot of innovation and a lot of famous products and attendees. I think Albert Einstein once attended IFA back in the day. So it does uh, showcase the latest in technology and innovations. And this year is no different, Trevor. There's plenty to see here. And, and that's the point. Uh, it, can, can you just give me uh, and the listeners a, a sense of the, the style of show it is? Obviously, CES is very consumer electronics focused. Uh, it is a trade show in, in its at its heart because there's no public access broadly. But um, is this the same thing where you've basically got you know trades people who are not trades people but trade industry people who are buying and looking for for items to buy for their retail chains and electronic stores and things like that. That's right, yeah. Well, it, it sort of follows the same sort of uh, style as CES, although later in the show, I think the last few days of the show, the public are actually al- invited wow. in. They're allowed to come in and browse through the halls, but basically it's all these big companies from around the world, and there's something like 27 halls in the place that are showcasing their latest releases, latest products that are going into, the, obviously, the, the business end of the year ahead of Christmas. So, uh, And again, yeah, it's, it's buyers are in town, obviously journalists in town, Town, so the, the industry's kind of converged on Berlin for this event, but mm-hmm. it's uh, not not quite the scale of CES. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to actually navigate. All the halls lead into one another, so it's uh, it's a bit of there's a bit of order. So you can trust the Germans to to bring that kind of efficiency <laughs> to a trade show. But it, it is quite large, and uh, this is actually the second time I've attended IFA. Uh, it, it's a significant event this year because I think there's so such competition between the companies now, and as we'll discuss in a moment, there's been some significant announcements already. So um, you're there thanks to Samsung, and there's obviously a huge Samsung uh, contingent in terms of the, the, the products. Is it similar to CES in the sense that, you know, the big companies have their big stands and that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Mm, That's yeah. right. Well, Samsung have their own hall. I think mm-hmm. Hall 20 is dedicated just to Samsung. And now the booth uh, at IFA is probably actually slightly smaller, maybe a little bit smaller than the booth they had at CES, which was just big enough to have its own postcode, I think mm-hmm. we said at the time. But uh, this is still pretty significant. It would be about probably about 50 metres long, this hall that is totally dedicated just to Samsung. All right. Well, let's get straight into what's happening over there at IFA. Two Blokes Talking. 
Netflix Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And, and something we, we kind of expected to, to be announced over there was the Samsung Galaxy Note 2, which, you know, Samsung have got a very, I think they've established a really good situation for their product ranges where they've got a, got a good sense of brand amongst them, uh, ranges, and then they're basically just going version numbers now, which is similar to another company in the way they do things. But <laughs> the Note, um, you know, has been not, not much hyped, but certainly hyped. Um, but it's interesting, and I looked at on Tech Guide today. You you, you did a great photo comparison because you've obviously got the original Note and and yep. put them side by side, and and they are very similar. The Note Two is is a little bigger, somewhat more rounded, I would suggest, just subtly, which may be a patent yep. issue, um, but also just just generally, it's a, it's a slightly more fresh look, a little bit more Galaxy S three look with those rounded edges, but. Um, it's not radically different. And one, one, one thing I saw today was someone that said, look, if you're an existing Note user, don't stress, don't rush out. It's not the end of the world. But if you haven't got a Note and you're looking for one, obviously the Note 2 is the way to go. Totally right, yeah, and you, you, you're spot on with the comparison. It's, it's taken a lot of design cues from the Galaxy S3. In fact, mm. I wrote, I think that it looks like just an enlarged Galaxy S3 with those rounded edges. Yep. Uh, it's got a super HD AMOLED screen. That's probably the biggest difference to me. I think the original Note just had, had a really super clear screen, but not quite the super HD AMOLED. Uh, and even though it's slightly bigger, you saw that side-by-side photo mm. I did. It's only... 0.2 of an inch larger, the new one's 5.5 compared to 5.3, uh, they've engineered it in such a way that the new device isn't that much bigger than the original. It's probably slightly taller, maybe a couple of millimetres wider, but not, not too much bigger than the existing one. But the improvements are probably under the hood. It's got a quad-core 1.6 gigahertz processor. It's also got uh, 2 gig of RAM which sort of brings this up to almost computer speeds, yeah. computer uh, processing power. Uh, but what, the biggest difference, too, is the, is the S Pen itself, the stylus. Uh, it, it's added a lot of smarts to the whole operation. One of my favorite th- features of, of, the new, of the new S Pen is a thing called AirView. So you don't even have to – you just got to hover – the, the S Pen above, say, an email or a calendar entry or a photo, and it will enlarge that and give you a preview without you having to actually go in and open that particular application. So really good on the fly if you need to look at those things in a hurry. Mm. Uh, and it's also a lot more accurate. I was very surprised to know yeah. that the S Pen has a new rubber tip, and it can detect 1,024 levels of sensitivity. So it's very accurate as a writing implement and also as a drawing implement. Mm, the, 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 the S Pen itself is what sets the note apart, um, and, and it's more than just a stylus. You can get a stylus on an iPad, but they, they essentially just finger replicators, and uh, the S Pen really does a lot more than that, and that's the key thing. And that was the one thing I took out of your, your uh, initial thoughts on the Galaxy Note 2 was that the pen is, is vastly improved. So I guess uh, oh, totally, for, yeah. for people that, that and, love that... And, and, other features too that, that's added to the note that the the S Pen is the fact you can now you know how it's got a button on the side yep, of the yep. S Pen you can now toggle through the colours of the ink now on the side of that oh. uh, and it's also too another significant improvement I think it's going to be three G and four G compatible for Australian networks so it should work on Telstra and Optus's eighteen hundred megahertz four G network when it's released they reckon it's going to come out October uh, Samsung are not sort of saying too much in terms of uh, availability uh, and pricing. Uh, because there's a there's a court case going on you may have heard about, mm. so they're being very canny with their information about when this is going to actually hit the market in Australia, but I'd say within the next month or so. We'll talk more about Telstra's 4G expansion a little later, but that would count probably as one of the five devices they're um, adding to their network this year. 
Well, all right, well, the Samsung Galaxy Note 2, the best thing to do is to check out techguide.com.au. Stephen's uh, taking a couple of photos there live at IFA, the trade show in Berlin. That's one of the great products coming out of Samsung, the Samsung Galaxy Note 2. Well, another announcement, actually, Samsung had a pre-EFA event called Mobile Unpacked, mm-hmm. which was the same event last year that the original Galaxy Note was released, and and, not, and nice symmetrically, they've just released the Galaxy Note 2 at that same event. But another product, another Galaxy product to come out of Mobile Unpacked was the Galaxy Camera. Now, this is a real surprise because... There's kind of no, we we spoke about a Nikon camera last week that's running Android, but it's not quite in the same league as this new Galaxy camera. Now, just to explain to listeners what it is, from the front you'd swear it's just a normal, just 16 megapixel, 21 times zoom digital camera. Turn it around the other side, and you'll swear you're looking at an Android tablet or smartphone. It's got a 4.8-inch screen, same size as the Galaxy S3, running Android 4.1 operating system. So mm-hmm. it's the ultimate connected smartphone camera. Stephen. Not, can't make calls, though. Stephen, why? Well, I think people the, – the, the thing they had with this was the theme was visual communication. Mm-hmm. Now, you know there's people out there who live and die by – Instagram and sharing photos on Facebook, mm. and they, 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 I think Samsung's uh, sort of their motive for this kind of product is to give those kinds of users the ability to take not only better quality photos, but be a little bit more creative with their photos. Um, and so, rather than them taking a picture on a on a camera, their smartphone camera, mm. uh, they're giving users the option of having a better quality camera. So it's not only good enough to share, but good enough to save. Uh, and having that connectivity, it's got 3G, 4G, and Wi-Fi, mm. means that you can share that from anywhere. Oh, and we can only assume that, that app-wise, you know, the apps that use your smartphone camera will uh, use the, the official Samsung camera here, and you can, you can actually do some pretty darn impressive thing with the Instagram app on the Samsung camera. Of course you could. And if you were pretty smart about it, you could probably download apps like Viber, Skype. You can probably make calls off this thing too because it does shoot video as well. So it must so have, it a have a microphone. Mm. microphone would have a speaker so that would work too but the best way i really liked how they described the product it's got it, they said it's got the camera features you can't find on a smartphone mm. and the smartphone features you can't find on a camera mm. so that's kind of how this thing intersects I just, and uh yeah mm, I, just, I, I was impressed with this i had a good play with this as well and it, it's it's a lot smaller than you think too and they've got a whole range of accessories to go with it too in terms of covers uh and carry cases and things like that too my only thing here is, and I, look, I actually think it's a bloody great idea. I think um, conceptually that the things that apps could do for a camera are amazing. But, you know, Samsung's whole designed by humans for humans thing for the Galaxy uh, S3 starts to, I start to wonder about what the slogan's going to be for some of their products. You know, the Galaxy Note, you know, I don't know, designed for people who want to look stupid um, holding a you know, tablet up to their ear and the Galaxy camera. It's all about camera. creativity, mate. Yeah, creativity mate, is the key that they said. We <laughs> want to imagine? unleash people's creativity, give them the ability to be creative. Yeah, yeah. listen. I mean, imagine installing <laughs> Skype on, <laughs> or Viber on your camera and holding a you know, 12 megapixel or whatever it is camera up to your ear. I mean, it's just hey, classic stuff. That would make a good photo. I hope uh, someone else has got a camera nearby to take a photo of that. There'll be some sort of vicious loop of cameras going on, but you can't. There's one. <laughs> 
one thing you can't do and you can't bag Samsung for their innovation, you know? Absolutely. Uh, no, they're uh, out there trying, mate. And this is – look, there's not many other products like this. I think I, I mentioned Nikon released a camera last week and it's running an older version of Android, yeah. lower resolution, uh, not quite as up to up with the specs as the Samsung product. Yeah. So it's obviously they're, they're really invested heavily in the Android ecosystem and this is yet another product, yet another Galaxy product that taps into that. Maybe, maybe all of this crazy, crazy innovation is actually a way of um, showing appeal court judges that they can innovate. Hey, that, that's not a bad call either because uh, the combination of this product, it's, it seems to me that you know how when, when smartphones came along and everyone thought, well, let's just put it when mobiles come, let's just put a camera on them. Yeah, yeah. And now, now the cameras are, are there and they're getting better and people are sort of saying, you know what, that's a camera. Let's put a smartphone on it now. So it's kind of going the other way, not quite the phone capability, but how hard would it be just to add a phone to this thing? It wouldn't be hard at all. Unbelievable. You know, just maybe even just a Bluetooth in it so you can do, use your hands free. Anyway, the Absolutely. options are there. The options are really there. Um, interesting stuff. And uh, again, there's some great photos of the Galaxy camera at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennig. And all thanks to the good people, as I said, at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Connect with innovation. They're the people that will bring the internet into your home via uh, high-speed modems. Uh, whether it's a cable modem or an ADSL modem, it doesn't matter. Uh, Netgear have got a solution for you. And then distribute that internet around your home with uh, routers that range from simple single-band routers to dual-band complex routers that allow you to do the most with your network. Keep your files and, and videos and photos stored in a network storage unit from Netgear. Uh, distribute them across your, your network to all your devices via your Netgear router. Use the Netgear Genie on your, on your iPad, your iPhone or your, or your smartphone to tell the router what you want and actually take content from one device and push it to another device just via the Netgear Genie app. There's some absolutely amazing things that Netgear are doing with their products and uh, you can rely on them for innovation when it comes to routers and modems and uh, connectivity in your home or small business. And you can read more about Netgear and all their products at netgear.com.au. Now, we've all come to know the Samsung Galaxy range of products. Mm-hmm. Are all, you if you... You, you check check back on all the range of the Galaxy products. They're all Android-powered. You know, the Galaxy S3, mm-hmm. the Galaxy Note, the Galaxy Note 10.1, all of these products Galaxy-powered. Well, Samsung have launched an entirely new range of products that will support Windows 8. Now, we all know it's all coming up. But much of the show here is surround, is all focused on products that will support Windows 8, which is the next mm-hmm. major announcement, next major software uh, operating system release from Microsoft. So it's no wonder then that Samsung have launched an entirely new range of Ative products, which will represent, in the similar way that Galaxy did for Android, will do for Windows 8. So in terms of tablets, smartphones, smart PCs, all of them running Windows 8. Uh, one of them we saw at an NDA briefing actually before Mobile Unpacked was the Smart PC, which at first glance looked like a, looked like a laptop. 
but in fact it was a, a Windows 8 tablet and mm. a keyboard dock that attaches to the screen mm. uh, magnetically. So it gives the user the option of the if they want a bit of a casual use with the tablet, they need to then dock it, type out a document uh, with the keyboard. It gives them that option, but it just goes to show that they're working very closely with Microsoft to create these compelling products once Windows 8 finally uh, comes comes out. And there's a very nice, um, I tell you, the product I think, really um, ha- has some legs is their all-in-one smart PC. Yeah, um, that's nice. It's got, a, it's got a stand that you'll recognize from their smart TV range, that beautiful kind of um, winged keel look uh, stand. Yeah, the U-shaped, uh, the U-shaped stand. It's yeah, that's gorgeous. Really nice. And this is an all-in-one. I've got to be honest, and we talked about this at uh, Intel's Ivy Bridge launch. You know, there's some, there's some all-in-ones out there, but the Mac is just the good looker of the sort. And I've got yeah. to say, this is probably a little bit, Square for my liking, and I guess they wouldn't want to round the corners too much, would they? But um, <laughs> but it's um, it's it's going to have that you know brushed metal look. I think this is really nice. Just, do we have any information about that product in terms of size, screen size, and those kind of things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be available in twenty three inch and twenty seven inch. Uh, but it's also going to have it's going to bring to the table a lot of the smart TV features like smart interactions. So you can with a wave of your hand maybe go from one web page to another. So there's that kind of interaction through the inbuilt webcam as well, but it also too it's it's on a it's on a stand that is adjustable, so you can adjust the uh, the the angle, and it's also obviously a touchscreen too. But Windows uh, Windows eight being so touchscreen friendly, mm-hmm. they're going to give the user the option of maybe positioning this really attractive looking PC uh, in in a in a, a an open area of their home for the whole family to use. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Their their Windows eight tablets look nice, and it's a bold move really for anyone to dip their toe into the Windows 8 market. But the smart thing that what, what that they're doing, and I mean that because of the, the launch of the Windows Surface coming, but what's really interesting is, is Samsung just absolutely smashing themselves into every single possible corner of the portable and, and home computing market. I mean, their, their, their Ultrabooks are fantastic. That all-in-one looks beautiful. They've got phones. They've got tablets. They've got every size possible. Yep. They really, in fact, I'll tell you this. I read a document today from that was related to a, a really large industry body, and they talked about Android and iOS a couple of times, and then they talked about iPads and Samsung Galaxies, as opposed to just saying iPads and Android tablets. And I thought to myself, that's what's happening here. Samsung have got such a great um, reputation building that they're actually building a product market out of the Galaxy name. It's a very, very smart move. They're, they're doing very well. Completely, yeah. Well, what what I liked too was the um the, the you know how obviously Galaxy S three has been a huge success, the Galaxy Note, Galaxy Note two, but they haven't forgotten Windows eight, the Windows Phone as well. No. They they had the Ativ S, which is remember we started with the Galaxy S and then the Galaxy S two and the Galaxy S three. This is the start of a family of products moving forward that offer that really excellent design, really thin thin design, really bright screen, four point eight inch screen, NFC. 8.7 millimeters thick, 8 megapixel camera. So it offers all the bells and whistles on the Galaxy phones, but running the Windows 8 uh, software. So Windows Phone software. So it just goes, as you said, it goes to show that Samsung have really backed themselves to partner up with Microsoft and provide the, these uh, excellent devices to mm-hmm. run. Because I think Windows 8 
is shaping up to be one of the biggest software releases we'll ever see. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been building up. I hope that it lives up to the hype, as in the, in the past we've seen that that hype hasn't been lived up to. But I think this time I've got a good feeling that Windows 8 is going to be something uh, that we can all look forward to. All right. We shall soon see. Uh, read more about the Ative range uh, from Samsung at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, now we don't want to make this a Samsung or Thornton, but uh, but I guess you know Samsung have had some of the most important product announcements of the event. But what I want to know is um, the thing that we saw and everyone was in awe of at CES was the OLED TVs and you know a real life OLED TV in terms of big scale and whatnot. Um, I've seen some notes today that that's um, there's there's more news on that. Tell me about the OLED at IFA. Yes, well, the OLED that we saw at CES is pretty much uh, evolved only slightly to the OLED 55-inch that we saw today. Uh, it, it's available on a desktop stand or a floor stand. They're the two that I saw actually on the Samsung stand today as well as at the press conference. Uh, but it's extremely thin, very thin at the edges. The middle of the back of the OLED is where all the all the smarts of the TV are happening, so where all the inputs are going. Uh, Samsung aren't like another manufacturer that I'll mention in a moment, aren't sort of beating the drum about how thin the OLED is. They're talking all about the picture quality. Now, I have to say it is it is remarkable how much better the picture quality on the OLED is even from the their really excellent LED range. Now, LG in, at CES were making a big deal about their OLED TV being only four millimetres thick. They achieve that by putting all the smarts of the TV in the stand. So a lot of the mm. guts of the TV, the inputs were in the stand that it rests on, not actually on the screen. Mm. Samsung's TV is all in one. So that's just something that uh, I think we need to point out there. But in terms of picture and that's, quality, tell you why that's it is remarkable. I actually spoke to Phil Newton, the, yeah. the Samsung's head of AV in Australia, and he says that he's hoping, he's not, not 100% sure, but hoping this will hit the deck in Australia before Christmas. And he's says it will also be below $10,000, which for new technology, you expect to pay a premium. Hopefully, this will be well under 10000 not just a dollar short of 10000 The reason, just going back to your point about the, the, the smarts of the TV being in the stand or actually built into it, the reason that's really important is when you're making a decision to spend $10,000 on a TV, you're probably going to want to hang it on the wall, and yes. that's a Samsung well, and, thing. Uh, you're spot on. And a TV this small and light, you could easily do it. Yeah, and, and it literally, I mean, it just would be unbelievable. Could you imagine that thing hanging on your wall? Oh, Man. it would be really, 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 really nice. <laughs> I saw one today up close, uh, and I'll tell you, you've got to see the picture quality to believe it. Unbelievable. All right, OLED TVs and uh, more information coming out of IFA on, on that, especially from Samsung. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Okay, it's time to change gears a little bit here. We've, we've spoken about all the Samsung releases. They, they, the reason that we did, because speak about all their products, they were here early. They had a couple of press conferences, a mobile yep. event, uh, and had a lot of products to talk about. But Sony are also in town uh, talking about their EFA lineup of products. And right off the bat, they've gone straight for the 84-inch 4K Bravia HD TV, and that's 4K resolution TV. Earlier this year, we spoke about on the program their 4K projector, which uh, I was drooling over. I haven't seen the 4K TV in the flesh, but uh, it, it offers that four, same 4K resolution that you would see in the cinema, uh, and it also comes with a the ability to upscale your content, whether it's Blu-ray, into 4K as well. I've seen the 4K upscale 
of their projector, and it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen the TVs upscale, but I'd say it'd be pretty impressive. And at 84 inches, it'd be something that would really stand out. Oh, 4K, ultra-high definition, OLED. It's, I can just see a, at least, you know what, it's keeping me in business and you in business because it's confusing <laughs> people, and that's what we do. We help people on the radio, and frankly, the more people can be confused in the market, the better it is for us. Yeah, keeps us in a job, like you said, Trevor. <laughs> but that, that wasn't all that Sony spoke about, though. The 84K, yeah, the, the 84-inch TV, 4K, look, I don't think 4K is going to really catch on in Australia for years to come, no. if at all. Everyone's thinking, how, how much better can the picture get? How much bigger can this TV get? Well, that's a question that's going to be answered by the consumers and by demand. Mm. Maybe no one wants an 84-inch TV. I know there are other companies, LG, I think I have one in the works. Samsung even have one in the works. Whether it's going to take off, we don't know. No, exactly. But uh, there are other products that they spoke about, including obviously Windows 8 again. They had their uh, their Duo 11 tablet, which do you remember the Microsoft Surface we spoke about? Yep, yep, yep. This has a little bit of that going on where it's sort of it's part tablet, part laptop, and the screen and everything folds into one another. So the lid is actually the keyboard. It's a pretty sexy-looking device. Sony, have when they want to design a product really nice, I think this is one of those products. And this is, uh, carries the Vio name too, which is a really reputable in terms of Sony's brand. It kind of very much looks like a laptop or, or a little tiny netbook kind of thing that, that does more in a sense as opposed to being a, a tablet that does more. It's kind of, it really looks like it's, a, it's, it's more of a laptop than anything else you'll see in terms of tablet conversions. Absolutely, yeah. I think the, the theme we're seeing here, like we saw the, the smart PCs from Samsung, this Vio Duo, I think that the message we're getting, especially for Windows 8 products, the tablet's just not enough. You need you, you want to have the ability to use it as a tablet, but when you want to get down to business, you, you'll need that keyboard. If that was okay for maybe an Android device uh, to have as a tablet on its own, but I think Windows 8 is going to, it's going to offer so much more, and that interaction is going to be uh, utilized not just through the touchscreen, but also through the keyboard, through a mouse. So hence the reason why we're seeing a lot of these, these hybrid devices, if you like, where, which can act as a tablet one minute and then be converted to a keyboard the next. Well, very nice stuff. Um, did you? Did we? With the other, did we mentioned the uh, tablet convertible desktop twenty inch. Uh, yeah, that that's coming too. That that had a twenty inch uh, tablet, which I thought twenty inch tablet. Who's going to use that? But mm. it, it comes with a stand, so it can also be used and linked with a wireless keyboard and used as an all in one computer as PC, well. Yeah. So that that's a couple of uses for it. That. You may be interested in just laying it flat on a table and playing a game on a 20-inch tablet, but you do have the option of putting it up on a stand, and then it's like an all-in-one PC with a wireless keyboard as well. Very nice. It's actually very. You know what? As a as a all-in-one PC, it's a very nice-looking thing once again. So I'm I'm seeing is, some good yeah. advances there. So we can only stand by for more of that. I hope. One more thing from Sony, yep. their Xperia range. Now, we know the Xperia has been the name they've given their smartphones, and mm. they've announced three new smartphones, the Xperia T, the Xperia V, the uh, Xperia J. I think they're going to use every letter of the alphabet there. But the most interesting Xperia product is the new tablet. Remember the old tablet used to be just called the Tablet S? Mm-hmm. It's now called, the new version is going to be called the Xperia Tablet S. So they're kind of doing a Samsung, Samsung Galaxy. Galaxy kind of approach with their mobile products. They've got the Xperia brand, and so they've introduced the Xperia name to their new tablet lineup as well. Very nice to see. Read more about it at techguide.com.au. Now, before we get into your uh, 
minute reviews. Um, Telstra. I went along this week to the uh, Telstra boardroom, which is that super, f- I mean, it's an unbelievable place, really. It's just, you know, your video monitors is bloody everywhere. It's linked to Melbourne, all this kind of stuff. And uh, we didn't quite know what, what it was about, but we, I got the sense that it was big enough to pop along to, essentially. As you know, I don't go to a lot. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, the CEO, COO of, of Telstra was there, and he announced the uh, expansion of the Telstra 4G network to uh, 66% of the country or, or the population. Now, what's really interesting about that is you don't, you don't realise that it actually doesn't take a lot to reach such a huge part of the population because when you consider that the 4G network currently is, you know, this tiny um, circle around, you know, some, I think it's now 300-odd sites, but certainly in the Sydney CBD, you're talking Sydney and Parramatta and that's it. Now, when you add... 10 to 15 kilometres to that range. You take in Hornsby down to Heathcote, Manly out to, uh, where did they say? I can't remember, but it's certainly not Penn. Bondi too. Bondi is now included. Absolutely. So you basically got got kind of not quite Sutherland up to Hornsby and you've got the, the coast. Out to, uh, out to not quite the far west. So it's certainly not Blacktown in that area, but you do have Parramatta already. And then you've got the same thing in Melbourne. So you really do take in a huge part of the, um, population going up to 66%. But there were some really interesting stats. There's 500,000 accounts on the Telstra 4G network already. It hasn't been going that long. 160,000 of those are smartphones, which shows you yeah. that the, the obvious vast majority is, you know, your dongles and things for people to have on their PCs or the Absolutely. Wi-Fi yeah. portable well, hotspot 4G things. is, well, I think now that, that they mentioned that originally it was a 5K footprint around major yep. cities. Now it's a 15K uh, radius uh, of those same places. But what I was interested in too was some of the facts that came out mm. of the customers that are actually using 4G, yep. uh, including 56% of the of 4G users are men. Yep. Queensland is the highest 4G smartphone adopted state. They've got 26% of Australia's 4G customers just in Queensland. And I, I was interested in the age groups too. 18 to 29 uh, users made up 24% of 4G customers. Mm-hmm. And then it went up to the next. The next uh, best was forty to forty nine. So there's a bit of a gap in the middle there uh, of other customers who have embraced four G as well. Well, I tell you, we'll quickly move on to your minute reviews in a sec. But the thing that interests me most is the, the strategy behind this. Now, they really this four G network is is a bit of a lost leader for for Telstra because this is a, a, an interim step before they get the Spectrum after digital TV digital TVs official and analogs turned off, and they hope to bid for the Spectrum to have a proper four G network at the 700 megahertz range but what all that means is they're building now so they can get customers and brand reputation now optus have a 4g network it's limited to business customers it's not going to be anywhere near as big as telstra's but also imagine this imagine if the new iphone the next iphone is 4g compatible for australia on the 1800 telstra will own that phone yeah, well, Optus as well. I spoke to Optus last week, and their 4G network that they're going to roll out once the business trial is over, to, to the, the, the network that consumers will access is also an 1800 megahertz yeah, network. Exactly. So it could possibly be. I remember we discussed this on the program a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, I strongly doubt that the iPhone will be 4G. So do I. Because Apple won't want to give one telco an advantage. No. But if Optus is ready to rock and roll with their 4G network, then we may see a 4G the new iPhone, iPhone 5, whatever it's called, could have 4G. I think a lot of people, a lot of wishful thinking there, including myself. I hope it is. Well, we'll 
We will uh, we'll wait till next week and probably next week, episode 80. We might spend a little bit of time, and I don't want to bore people, but we'll spend a bit of time with our final predictions before the big announcement from Apple, likely to be the week later. Uh, time for the most important part of the show. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick. We're running over time, but it doesn't matter because this is important. You're in Berlin and you're still giving your time. You're giving your guts for the two blokes. And uh, your minute reviews this week, starting with the Asus Pad Phone. Yes, start the clock. The Asus Pad Phone, as its name suggests, it's a pad, a tablet, a phone, a smartphone. It's two devices that work hand in hand. They literally fit together. Now, when you buy the Asus Pad Phone, you get a 10.1-inch, what appears to be a tablet. You also get a 4.3-inch smartphone. Now, the smartphone on its own is actually quite a high-quality device. It's running Android uh, 4.0, 4.3-inch screen, dual-core processor. It's quite a highly specced-up device, but... Once you the, the once you connect it to the tablet device, and the tablet's got like a, a flap on the back, a bit like the boot of a car. You slide the Asus phone into the device. Suddenly, you're viewing your phone on a 10.1 inch screen. The upside of that is that all your data and your connections are utilized on the 10.1 inch screen. So everything's there. There's no need to sync everything because the phone is essentially the CPU, the central processing unit of the device. Downside is take that smartphone out of that tablet. And it's nothing. It won't work without the smartphone inside it. Now, yes, you can take phone calls when it's in tablet mode. It's got a Bluetooth stylus. Looks like a pen, but it's actually a mini phone. You can hold this up to your ear and talk into it like a telephone. So rather than looking silly talking into a tablet, you can look silly talking into a pen. $999 for the Asus pad phone. So you get the 10.1-inch screen, the smartphone, and the Bluetooth stylus. And around it all off, the STM stylus range that uh, that's yes. just hit the market. The stylus STM, as we know, very, very uh, successful Australian company who make bags and accessories for computers and phones and everything like that have gone into the stylus business. I think there's a lot of companies that buy their products. They want bags and, and accessories, and STM saw a demand for stylus. So they've gone into the stylus market with the Tracer range. Now, the Tracer is just a basic stylus, soft rubber tip, comes in silver, black, and red that you can, rather than using your greasy fingers on your touchscreen, you can use use the Tracer Stylus instead. But step up to the Tracer Deluxe, you get the same rubber tip, but it also, at the other end, is a two-color pen. And and even removing the rubber tip of the Tracer Deluxe reveals a small screwdriver and a a SIM card pin. You know how you need a little pin to eject your iPhone SIM card? One of them built into the device. Nice. $34.95 for the Deluxe, $24.95 for the STM Tracer. And there's a story on techguide.com.au all about it. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. With a bonus few minutes for you this week, everyone, uh, and those few minutes are brought to you by the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Thanks for the chat, mate. Um, you're over at IFA right now. You'll be back in time for our big show next week. Um, previewing all the Apple ja- drama that is to come. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the show. We'll follow it intently on uh, techguide.com.au. We'll talk to you next week. No worries, Trevor. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening.